The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman. Thanks for tuning in to New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. I'm Edwin Herman and this is episode 380 of The Boys of Tech for Wednesday the 1st of June 2016. First up, the ethical dilemma of self-driving cars. Patrick Lynn did a TED-Ed video and it's very, very interesting. I encourage you all to watch it. I'll put a link in the in the show notes to it. And it's about the ethical dilemma of self-driving cars. Now, what could that possibly mean? Well, I don't want to recreate his talk here, but just to, I guess, illustrate a few points. Imagine you're in a self-driving vehicle and you're on a multi-lane highway. You're in the, perhaps you're in the middle lane and there are vehicles either side of you. Now, if the vehicle you were following was a truck carrying a load, and perhaps the load was coming loose, and the car detected this, what should the vehicle do? Should it stay in its lane and slow down as much as possible? Although, uh, it, it, depending on the following distance, I mean, it's unlikely that you're not going to hit the items that have fallen off the back of this truck. So that's going to cause damage to to your vehicle and maybe injury to you as well. Or should it instead be programmed to veer into another lane? But what if there are vehicles in that other lane? What if there was a car to one side and a motorcyclist on the other? Which side should it be programmed to swerve? Now one argument is to say, well, if you swerve into the lane of a vehicle, the overall damage or overall injuries, if you like, are likely to be less than if you were to swerve into the lane of a motorcyclist. Obviously, motorcyclists are far less protected than passengers in cars. So you could argue the best thing to do is to have the vehicle programmed to swerve into the lane of a car where it detects a motorcyclist in the other lane. Problem with that, of course, is that you're, you're then making a deliberate choice. You're deliberately choosing to put other car drivers more at risk than motorcycle riders. And what about this? What about if there were motorcycles on either side of you? One was wearing a helmet, one wasn't. Now, again, you could apply the uh, the logic of, well, reduce overall damage. So that says that you should swerve into the lane of the motorcyclist wearing a helmet. But then isn't that penalizing that cyclist, that motorcyclist, because he or she is wearing a helmet, whereas the other one isn't. The the key, I, th- I think, with this whole dilemma or about this dilemma is that it's no longer, uh, if you like, the actions of the vehicle are no longer a a reaction. A, 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 you know, if it was you driving the vehicle, you've got a split second to make a decision. You don't analyze it. You don't have a sort of a premeditated plan of, you know, where where is the uh, where am I going to direct the damage? It, it's uh, it's something that you know instinctively you just do on the spur of the moment, and if someone gets hurt, well, it, it's not good. But at least you know you haven't. It's not something that was premeditated. Like you haven't sort of thought about I'm going to go and move my car into the you know oncoming path of this person. Uh, you know, in this situation. Whereas with a self-driving car, of course, it doesn't have human-like reflexes. It's something that, it's a machine, it's a computer. So it has to be programmed that way. So now the decisions, these conscious decisions, as opposed to reflexes, 
are in the hands of programmers. So I thought it was a really, really interesting talk. I encourage you to have a look at it and see what you think and perhaps uh, voice your own opinions in the comment section on the Boys of Tech website, boysoftech.com under episode 380. So that's a Ted Ed video by Patrick Lynn. I thought it was very, very interesting. What else? Uh, Apple apparently considered buying Netflix, would you believe? Now, that would have been a huge shake-up, wouldn't it? So Apple was busy trying to line up some deals when it decided to, or that it needed to move into the uh, into the streaming you know, subscription space. And it was seriously considering buying Netflix. And I thought that was interesting because, uh, you know, that would have been a major acquisition, probably arguably one of the most significant it would have been for Apple. Yeah. Be interesting also if it had happened or even if, I mean, it may still happen. I don't know. But if it were to happen... What what would Netflix customers do? I mean, there's always, you know, whenever there's a takeover, there's always a, a portion of customers that really don't like the new company that's bought them out and they go somewhere else uh, more in spite than anything else, usually. On the other hand, it, it might have, you know, attracted a whole new set of customers as well. Yeah. And our final story for this week is, would you believe this? This is so... I was going to say Gen Y, but it's actually not even Gen Y now. We're talking millennials. This, this is this is for the millennials. The Bible has been published in emoji. So, <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy. So you can you can actually buy this Bible that someone by the name of Zach Sweats is selling this Bible on iBooks. It's uh, available for sale for $2.99. I'm not sure if Zach is the person who actually created it, but what we definitely know is that he's the one selling it, or at least it's his account. So $2.99 US for this Bible in emoji. It's been translated into emoji. So all the, the words have been reduced, you know, and instead of A-N-D is the ampersand symbol. Uh, instead of T-O for two, it's the digit two and so on. And of course, we've got all these emojis in there, you know, um, smiley faces and light bulbs and thumbs up and stars and so on. So anyway, there you go. If um, if the current traditional languages aren't really your thing because you're a millennial, then perhaps this emoji Bible might be something that uh, uh, you might be more inclined to read. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> I think it's more because you can uh, you know, than than a, a real use. But anyway, the, if if you like the idea, check it out on iBooks. It's called Bible Emoji. All right, uh, it's had some interesting reviews too. By the way, um, <laughs> some comments. One customer says, "Why has God abandoned us?" <laughs> and uh, they got five stars. And a, a one star rating comment goes, as well intentioned as the author is, this book is just terrible. It detracts from the readability of the Bible, and believe me, that takes some doing. The underlying premise is, hey, kids love using emojis and text shorthand, so we'll rewrite the Bible using that style, and kids will naturally flock to hear the good news. Sorry, but kids will find it laughable and will not appreciate being patronized, etc., etc. So that's a one-star rating. 
another five star rating says I came here expecting to hate this, but actually it is kind of cool. Certainly worth a glance. It uses traditional text, but inserts emojis where possible. For instance, oh, and it gives an example, which I I can't do on an audio podcast, right? It's just not going to work. Someone needs to invent audio emojis. That's that would be something. So if anyone wants an idea and and run with it, there you go. Become the first person to to popularize audio emojis. Hmm. Food for thought. Anyway, there's the outro music. Thank you very much for joining us. That was another episode of the Boys of Tech, and hope to have you join us next time. Till then, goodbye. 